hamster with a blunt penknife and do it quicker. Welcome back to A Hamster with a Blunt Penknife, the Doctor Who Commentaries podcast. What a ripping time we're going to be having today with me, Fraser Gregory, and my host, Joe Ford. Say hi, Joe. Spatty! <laughs> Spatty! <laughs> Come over to the house and meet the mater. It'll be topping! <laughs> it, wouldn't that oh, be God, topping? you are smutty as well, aren't you? <laughs> oh, I will be smutty. Yeah. <laughs> I... What? There was a fella here. First class batting a demon bowler. <laughs> what could we be talking about? It can only be one thing. It can only be season 19's two-part epic tale of cricket, um, doppeldangers, screwdrivers, and the buffy. Black oh, orchid. Oh, I love a buffet. Don't I love you? a buffet. I'm yeah. so jealous of Adric. He's just sitting there pigging out for the entire story. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask you a couple of questions before we start? Because you and I have only touched no, on... No, we, we don't do that on the show. Oh, do we not? No. How are we going to learn anything then? It's it, it's not the format of the show, asking questions. No, it's just people coming on and giving their obscene opinions. That's what we're aiming for. Go on then, I'll let you on this occasion ask two questions. Well, we've done. We've only ever touched Davidson once before, haven't we? With Mordred Undead, haven't we? Yeah, we have so far. So I don't. I haven't really explored what you think about the overall era, and certainly I know nothing at all about what you think about this season. And that's unusual because I've been talking to you for a long time now, and I know a lot about what you think about Doctor Who. So, where does nineteen fall for you? How do you think they did? I think 19 is is very similar to season four. Go in on. that, you know, it takes a while for them to get going. I think, you know, you look at season four, it takes Patrick Troughton a little while to figure out what he's doing with the role. He knows what he's doing. He's an actor. Um, it takes him a little while to figure out what his doctor's going to look like and how he's going to behave. And I think Peter Davison is the same. You know, you... You know, this is this season's famous for being filmed out of order. So, you know, by the you watch Castro Valva, it's a lot more formed uh, what his doctor's looking like. You look at the ones that he's filmed first, so you look at um the visitation and you look at Doomsday. Doomsday. You know, it's you can see he's very much finding his feet, he's sketching out what he's gonna do. I think the visitation is is lifted immensely by his performance. You know, he's um he's got an air of about two inches away from losing his shit throughout. <laughs> He's just like, I know. Janet Fielding is always saying, you're horrible to your companions, you know, <laughs> when they're watching these things on behind the sofa. Yeah. yeah, so it takes him a little while to find his feet and find his own. When we get the Black Orchid, I think he's got it. I think he knows pretty much where he's going, but it's kind of like the back end of the season. So he hasn't got really that much to do. I think, you know, you, you go into season 20 and he's got a lot you know, a lot clearer idea. This is this is my doctor. My doctor is very compassionate. He's very naturalistic. He's very um, it's quite subtle, isn't he? Yeah, but he's sarcastic as well. <clears throat> there's a, there's oh, a yeah. very, um, you know, sardonic line through the doctor into season twenty, and that goes into season twenty-one as well. By season twenty-one, he's remember he's decided he's leaving. He's you know he's done his three years. He's he's off. Um, 
so he kind of takes the gloves off a little bit and he really plays into what he wants to do with the role he's like, yeah, I'm going to play to that sardonic side massively. Um, I would always say he's got a zero fucks to give attitude. What is it? I've, I've just put them up. Well, jolly good. Now you can take them down take again. Them down again, yeah. Oh, what a finely tuned response to the situation and nothing's going to stop me now, Stotts. Although it's the universe is so much darker in 21. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I always feel like he's like the one force of positivity in the universe, pushing against all the death. Yeah, you know? absolutely. He's, he's he's given a lot more stuff to get his teeth into. And it's, you know, it's, I think it's been said many times before that, you know, if he'd, if he'd had the material in season 20 that he has in season 21, he would he have stuck around. He would have stuck around and said, "No, this is actually worth us doing." Um, then I wouldn't obviously... have had Mark Collin though, so I can't possibly approve of that. Well, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's always the problem with what if in Doctor Who, isn't it? Because you, you change something. It's like butterfly effect, isn't it? You change something in season two, and it not. Yeah. You know, it would change. Yeah, because now I adore Sylvester McCoy. I never used to yeah. in the day, but now I love him. And I, so I always used to be like, well, what would it have been like if Cartmel had script edited Colin Baker? But then we lose McCoy. And yeah. so yeah, just... maybe everything's just good how it is. Yes. But the, in contrast to 21, there's a lightness and uh, a sort of a, a optimism, I find, in season 19. There is until something happens. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, <laughs> and that's. But it, it's almost as if that's like um, a palate cleanser to lull you into a full sense of security, and then that hits, and yeah. it's like a, the biggest knife thrust we've had in in some time. <laughs> yes, and the, that, that knife thrust we are talking about is um, Eric Seward. That's right. <laughs> Certainly not Matthew Waterhouse's departure from the series. Um, yeah, we'll talk about Adric as we go. What's weird as well, though, I find with 19 is it is going back to basics, yeah. and there, there there are some complex stories in there, but there are some very simple stories in there as well, like this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even though it goes through Bidmead and Anthony Rue and Eric's award, it does feel like it's a design season. And I know it wasn't. Yep. Yeah. In that you've got the three companions, they're all sort of getting to know each other. We've got a bit of history. We've got a sort of weird sideways adventure with Kinder. Yep. It's doing all the things that Doctor Who can do. I feel like I, I just feel like Davidson era starts on the right track of of like total optimism. The future's going to be grand. Yep, and this is a great part of that because it's a weird. It's a, like a little interlude between the most traditional of Doctor Who stories. And then yes. the probably the most dynamic of classic Doctor Who stories, and yeah. certainly the most shocking. And in in between that, you have this very cute period piece, the first pure yeah. historical since help me out, Highlanders, a long time. Yeah. So why did you choose this one? Um, it's it's a little bit undervalued. I feel. I think. Um, you know. It's one of these ones where you look at the stories around it and people have a lot more to say about the other stories in, in season 19. So you have um, you have obviously Earthshock, which is the big one that everyone loves because it's um, it's Cybermen and it's Grimwood directing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, Sayward, you know, doing what people like Sayward to do. Um, Adric gets blown up at the end, so that's you know that's a big one that people are like. You know, we've got Castrovalva at the start, which is another um, 
you know, it's a bit meat story. So, you know, a bit meat fan, you've got that one there for you to enjoy. So that gets talked about a lot. Um, Time flight obviously gets talked about for the wrong reasons because it's not very good. Um, You've got the visitation as well, which has its fans, you know, it has its fans. It's two, two episodes too long to be on a store. It has its detractors as well, though, I think. Yeah, and I think... They're sort of coming out of the woodwork more and more. I think you know there's there's nothing you know fundamentally wrong with the visitation, but there's just nothing. There's there's things that could have been a could have been a lot more right about it. It's very um, slight. That the location work pops on the Blu-ray though. It does. Gosh, it looks but it's gorgeous. The middle two episodes are just Adric and Nessa building look, a vibrator in her bed. <laughs> I don't object. There's lots of running around as well. But you know, I think you know with a bit of better script editing. Um, the visitation, you know, if you move this the story to London in episode three, oh, set for sure, in London episode two, yeah, you've got an absolute classic on your hands there. I mean, Fort of Doomsday is scrappy, and you know, it is what it is. It's just a, you know, a product of uh, a production team and a cast all finding a way of working together so i think we can um, probably say with some confidence that terence dudley was a lot more comfortable writing this little period piece yeah. than he was writing a piece of science fiction yeah absolutely you know you got kinder which is you know really quite quite out there so you know all these other stories get talked about for either you know for being really good or really really bad and black walk it just kind of gets left in the middle a bit mm. just uh left to his own devices but i mean that that's the story in a nutshell though, isn't it? The, the Doctor and the TARDIS team just get left in the middle of nowhere and left to their own devices and get to crack on and have a bit of fun. There's a phrase that Nathan Bottomley coined when we do the Star Trek podcast, and that is hang time. And he loves it when we just hang with the regular mm. characters in a Star Trek show. And this <laughs> episode one of Black Orchid is the epitome of Doctor Who hang time. And we don't yeah. do it very often. That's There's a always a good... plot getting in the way, isn't there? That's a very good phrase, that, isn't it? Well, he's a smart cookie. He's very clever, that Nathan. Mm. Um, the last thing I wanted to just ask you about before we go in is how do you feel about the regular cast minus Sarah Sutton and how horrid they are about this story? Because Davison and Fielding rip this story to shreds <laughs> at any opportunity they possibly can. And they genuinely mean it as well. They do it on the behind the sofa. They do it on the commentary. And I do think it's a bit wearying. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I haven't listened to the commentary. Um, no, don't I do can't... it. Have I, read... Have I watched the behind the sofa? I'm not entirely sure. But, you know, I mean, we need to... you know, me and you were talking about this off mic um, before we started recording. You know, I don't have time for negativity in my life, Joe. You know, I've I've got a full-time job. I work 12-hour shifts. I've got two kids at school. I've got, you know, one with additional needs. I've got two rabbits, three rabbits in my shed. I've got two dogs to look after. You've got I two have... needy best friends. Oh, God, yeah, but, you know, look after them the best I can. Um, you know, I don't have time to be sitting and listening and watching people kind of tear into things that I like. It can um, be fun, but I feel like they tip, they tip the edge too often. It of, can of be. Just, I think... Like, we bought this because we find it enjoyable. Yeah, exactly. Why are you just ripping it to pieces? I think I think Janet Field and, and Peter Davison have um, that sort of relationship together, you know, where they do sort of spark off each other. And, you know, I've, I've met Janet Field earlier this year, and she's a delight. 
you know, she was an absolute highlight of my trip to, to Leicester. Um, she's just got such a positive energy about her. That's really quite infectious. You know, if anyone gets the opportunity to meet Janet Field, I would take it because it's just, it was just a a, a, a delight. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, but part of that is is a sort of like, I don't know if it's like a death, self-deprecating sort of thing, because you put her and Peter Davison together and they're both, you know, there's there's a lot of that sardonic side in Peter Davison. Um, you know, you see those those wonderful pictures of him where he's, you know, at a convention with his, his son-in-law holding up a sign saying he's not that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you get that edge, you get that sight to him and you think, you know, yeah, so if I am going to listen to the, the comedy, if I'm going to watch the, and they're, they're going to be ripping into it, then, you know, how much of it is, is genuine and how much of it is just sort of putting it on dry dry wit really what, what's um, annoying is on the behind the sofa you got sarah sutton there who loves his story because finally yeah. she's given something to do and she's doing a dual role and she's having fun with it and she likes period pieces yeah, and they're basically just sitting there saying no you're wrong this is shit and that's just not fun that ain't no. fun no so yeah, it's a it's a very bizarre thing. Whereas Davison loves the visitation, so I'm like, well, are you as? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I see he, he, he does a good turn. Savvy as I suspected, he does a good turn in the visitation. I really like that that side of his doctor that is just sort of like, you know, being pushed, and he's like just one one minute away from, you know, it's, it's, it, there's an edge to him in there. It's a different type of edge than what you get. So. Um, so I like his performance in, in the visitation. Like I said, just needs a bit of a tweak with the plot. Well, let's go and try and unearth a plot in Black Orchid, shall we? Oh, it's dead easy. We'll find and it. have some fun on the cricket lawn while we're there. A top who? <laughs> uh, who's counting this in? Oh, you started. I'll do it. Okay. okay. In five, four, three, two, one. Let's go, chaps. How's that? <laughs> oh my oh, so there's Davo coming out the Starfield that way. All fresh face, bless him. What's a delight about this is all these characters that are usually at each other's throats, they're so chill. That's yeah. what I love. Tegan's having a great time flirting, dancing, drinking. Yeah, it's because she's got a couple of screwdrivers, hasn't it? I'm not saying a word. <laughs> I certainly hope she didn't end up sleeping with that old git she's dancing with. Wow. Speaking of dancing, hey, oh no, they're not hey, dancing. Man is choking. So there you go. That's right. Death and destruction straight from the start. Hi, Eric. Oh, actually, I'm going to start with a complaint. Is that all right? Oh, go on then. Well, I just feel like the score for this it needed to ditch the radiophonic workshop and just have the piano score. There's some like sci-fi music in this, and I'm like, no, no, no. this is a historical. Just yeah. do instruments. Yeah, I think the. The heavy breathing and the gurgling's a bit. <laughs> that goes on is a little bit like, you know. Like I said, I'm not saying a word. <laughs> Who Bobby is this Young. sinister man tied up on the bed? Stop it. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I love stories set on trains. We missed a bit of a trick yeah. here. The TARDIS should have landed on the train. Wait, which one does it do? It's... um. Nikola Tesla's Native Tower, isn't it, when on the tree? Oh, gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. There's a book, Eaters of Wasps, you know, where the Doctor fights a, a wasp man on top of a train. Wow. Well, what about Power of the Doctor as well? Yeah. Yeah. I love it all, baby. Oh, look, there's Tegan. She's changed her mind. She wants to stay with them now. She doesn't want to go back to... I did say, Fraser, I wanted we... to stay with the crew for a while. Yeah. 
they do feel very relaxed with each other now. This is this is the result of having done five or six stories mm-hmm. together. Yep. But I just like like it's almost like Dudley is responding to his treatment of Tegan in Fourth Doomsday, where she's so abrasive, it's somewhere ridiculous. And here he just writes her like a person. Yeah. They're all written as as, as people in this. I mean, Adric is is you know, probably more insufferable in Fort of Doomsdale than anyone oh, else. God. Could you pass the sodium chloride, sodium chloride please? <laughs> it's, you know, it's... You know, maybe maybe it's with Anita Thank Eric Seward a little bit then for... Toning it down a bit. Yeah. Or killing uh, off. Well, for maybe he's, you know, smoothing out some of the dialogue in, in this and, you know, not making, you know, smoothing those characters out and making them a bit more likeable rather than what would what had gone before. You know what's a joy is how we're suddenly remembering these are alien characters on Earth, so they don't understand anything. And Nissa goes, what a very silly activity. <laughs> or when they're watching the cricket, they're looking at each yep. other, absolutely bewildered. Oh, but, the, you know, the, the doctor with his hat and he's, oh, I want, always wanted to drive a train as I was a, when I was a boy. You know, oh, and the cheek of this line in a minute about the master. <laughs> you are the yes, master, master, aren't you? <laughs> Oh, look, um, JNT's finally got his wish and the Tegan is catching on. That fabulous haircut that she's got there. <laughs> uh, it, do you know what? How refreshing is it for Sarah Sutton, this, this two-part? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of the curious things about the season is because no one knows what to do with, with the characters. And it's, I mean, it is the fault of the producer, John Nathan Turner, because he has... Naturally. Just, he has just went, no, we're having Tegan... No, we're having Nissa. No, we're having everyone. And Adric and oh well, no. Isn't it didn't he say he didn't quite trust the transition? So he wanted like a team to help smooth that over. But the team's brand new. You know, it's not like if it was Romano and K9 and Adric and Yeah. And, and you know, you, you could understand that, but he's essentially right, I'm bringing in a new team to I'm bringing in a new companion in the regeneration story, and I'm bringing back you know, your other companion is someone that was just in the one before that you didn't think was going to be a companion, but is now after two episodes. It's like they are utterly disparate characters. They belong in yeah. completely different shows, and yet somehow come this story, I'm totally on board with the regulars. Yeah, and it's 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 the characters that that GNT wants. You know, he wants the the child genius. You know, he replaces. It's funny because he kind of like replaces K um, nine with Adric. You know, but you know, Adric doesn't work, so he gets rid of him and he replaces him with Turlo. Yeah, who's another boy genius, really. You know, you you've got Nissa here who gets replaced. Well, you know, eventually is you know Nissa and Adric are sort of merged into Turlo. So you've you've got that that character who is the the alien child genius replacing you know. a dark haired bloke with a redhead. Yeah, I can't see that catching on somehow. Do you know? <laughs> No, it's a depends private joke between me and Fraser. No one else will get that. <laughs> All depends on the redhead, to be honest. <laughs> oh, as long as he's got a beard and a podcast called Two Watch Who, we're fine. <laughs> Smutty said he'd send a useful bat. Michael Cochran is giving a great performance in this. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's challenging for him to sort of rise Top up to this head. upper class toff, but it is great. But it's, I mean, what I like is, you know, the the. Went out from the start, and the doctor is a cricketer. You know, Castro Valva, he spots the cricket changing room, spots the bat. You know, he's dressed as a cricketer throughout his entire time. 
you know. So yeah, make him let him play cricket. Actually, let him, you know, give him a match. And of course, he's the best man there. Look at yep. him. In fact, I always say that Davidson's not a very commanding doctor. This might be the most commanding he ever is. <laughs> he's a first class bat and a demon yeah. bowler. Fast. Apparently, oh. as well, Davidson's so happy. The one nice thing he says in the commentary is the bit where um he how do you say it gets someone yeah when he gets the ball the ball into the wicket yeah he strikes him out or whatever it is that was that was thank you my god i'm so gay um (laughs) that that was genuine that that, like you can see it's genuine because the camera swings around but he was so happy that he actually got somebody out oh god barbara murray as well (laughs) lady cranny what a bitch Worcestershire, Fraser. You must be a Worcestershire, Worcestershire Gregory. Talbot. Gregory. <laughs> Worcestershire sauce, maybe, but not. Oh no, the hunt isn't good enough. I believe. <laughs> oh, I love all this stuff. She ain't got a clue. Look at this. Up. She's yeah. not got a clue what she's talking about. Yeah, no one's actually like stopping to say. By the way, you look just like his missus. You know when me, you, and Si met for the first time. Three peas in a pod. Positively, <laughs> three peas in a pod. In a pod. <laughs> Do you like hang time then? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, because that that's the beauty of this story is the you know, there's a there's not a you know earth shattering invasion, you know, the, the timeline's not getting messed up or anything, you know, there's the only danger is to a couple of toffs in a house, basically. You know, if that just lets the um the the cast that's the characters just enjoy themselves and like you say there's there's a lot of kind of like bickering in this is someone posted a a screenshot of the terminus hi sai um info text from the the recent box set you know and it says you know eric Saywood's idea of padding was just to get you know two regular cast members to argue about something inconsequential so there's a lot of that that goes on, but you know, so it's just so refreshing to actually see everyone enjoying themselves because everyone gets gets a bit of time. It's shore leave, isn't it? They're all well, on shore leave. Uh, yeah, quiet. Oh, I'm surprised one of them didn't die. Um, there's so much jeopardy in this era. Sometimes false jeopardy, but there's so yeah. much like it's. We always skip from one set piece to another in the Davidson era of you know. He's gonna have his head cut off or something yeah. like that. There's just no time for this to to just chill out, yeah, and have a breather. And I yeah. think maybe they should have done this once a year. Oh, do you think? Um, yeah, I would have liked to have yeah. seen a bit more of it. I, I don't, I don't think maybe it's like the whole episode, but the whole story of them just chilling. Maybe he's, you know, just more, you know, rather than, you know, padding with arguments why not pad if you need a pad why don't you pad with them having a, a lovely time take um five doctors for example the start of the five doctors where what are turtle tegan and the doctor doing the, the eye of horizon no eye of orion, orion. yeah <laughs> the horizon of the eye of orion you know chilling out so there's room in just any old story That's from the Actually, kind of time. maybe there's more of that than i think if i go look in Oh yeah, it's they pop- get, they pop off to Lanzarote, didn't they? In um, Planet of Fire. Yeah, yeah. So and there's, sit, there's... sit in a cafe and have a drink. Yeah. So the the, the more of that rather than them just you know squabbling over where where we've landed or 
where we haven't landed or something like that would would call yourself a time lord fraser a broken clock keeps time better than you (laughs) i won't do the whole thing but yeah i get i get the idea but i also like small scale stories as well i like it when like you said the only thing that really is in danger is this small family it's the same reason i like something like androids of tara it feels sort of small scale it's not a universe destroying threat and it's the same reason i like something like unicorn and the wasp because uh-huh. it's just that group of characters that are in there. So yeah, I, I like that too. I mean, with the with the alien menace, it's it's a bit more like unicorn and the wasp is like if the waspy creature thing gets out, it's gonna This know. feels very unicorn and the wasp to me. Do you know? Oh, yeah. Look at Barbara Murray and then look at um Felicity Kendall. Oh, it's Agatha Christie, isn't it? It's but it's, it's a period that the BBC does very well. Mm. You know, and yeah. obviously I ITV probably do it better nowadays now they've got downtown Abbey. Um, well, tell me if I'm mad, right? But something, thank you. Something about season nineteen. The sets feel vast. This house feels enormous. Yeah. The sets in Fort of Doomsday feel massive, and they're in no bigger studio than the sets in season twenty and season eighteen. Yeah, I just feel like th- there's a designer in there somewhere that's really capitalising on the space that they've got. Absolutely. I mean, like Castro Valva as well um you know Fontenot yeah. Doomsday they've got levels mm. you know you've got characters going up and downstairs do you know what it is I think it's JNT before the complacency kicked in you think that he was determined that the show was going to look as good as possible yeah I think maybe come time flight he's like <laughs> I think it's it's probably a little bit um I mean JNT gets gets kind of Lauded, doesn't he, for being the man that could get the most value for money? So he could get, you know, he'd squeeze his budget and he could rinse an extra, you know, bit here and a bit there out of it to, and put it all on the screen. But it kind of it, it falls down when you kind of think his his management, his budget management is is clearly not not the best when you do get the time flight and it's certain I mean. stories, isn't it? He can he yeah. can find money for certain stories, but then the the, the purse is empty. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's um, it's the kind of thing that's that Graham Williams gets. Um, you know, pulled up on, you know, at the start of his. He didn't have a purse. No, well, he he did. It he, was just it just got smaller and smaller as the months went on. You could have some black drapes, and that's it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Can I you ask know, you about the uh, the exposition that was just dumped there? Quite subtly, I thought, but I want to see what you think. Where they're talking about the black orchid, about the brother, and yeah. about how he was engaged to Anne. It feels like just sort of natural conversation. It does, and I think no one. You know the the funny thing is that no one actually stops to question it and go, "Hang on, hang on." <laughs> Isn't that a bit weird? It's it, it, it. your brother's fiance is now your fiance. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. That's that's how the upper classes rule. It means we've Fair got enough. two. Technically, we've got two sort of Michael Cochrans, and we've got two Sarah Suttons in this story, don't we? Yeah. And we've got Davison bending down to look into a mirror. Where, where are you going with that? He does that in Castrovalva as well. Oh, thank he? God for that. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> David is very pretty, you know. Running motif. Oh, I love this. Bend it, look in the mirror. Is that dancing, Fraser? <laughs> Where I come from, it's much more formalised. Oh, Joe, I've had a ripping idea. What's that? Me and you should dress as butterflies together. <laughs> I'm there for it. <laughs> now, nobody but nobody will be able to tell us apart. Tell us apart. 
<laughs> oh, oh, I've never noticed that made before. You can still notice new things. Tegan's having a Tegan, sorry, Tegan is having a grand old time in this story. Look at yeah, her smiling her head off. Well, she's got out that bloody uniform, hasn't she? She's had it on for oh what? yeah. Oh, is it? Hang on, because Mark worked this out, didn't it? It's like two weeks in the timeline of Tegan. This whole series, so she's had it on for about where was it like a week and a half? Oh, she must honk, mustn't she? Be. I mean, she's well, had a bath, she's had a cocktail. Actually, Fraser, what do you do with a cocktail in a bath? Well, you drink it, of course. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. Oh. Um, we do keep cutting back to the sinister man, though. So just his legs, do, yes, going yes. about the house. And, so, and he... <laughs> Yeah, I do want to talk to you about that actually in episode two because I know somebody. You, you, we have a mutual friend who this is his least favorite Doctor Who story yes. because of a certain representation that's going on here. So we'll, we'll address that in part two. It's too much yeah. fun in part one to get too serious. <laughs> yeah, Davison's got his kit off now. As he's in a dressing gown, the Doctor is in a dressing, dressing gown. gown. The only other time I can remember that happening is the Christmas invasion. Yeah. Maybe did Pertwee wear a dressing gown once? Oh, yeah, yeah he did. Well, Pertwee had a shower. Face. Oh, that's Didn't right. He? Yeah. Um, you know, you always see his arse in that story. Pertwee had a shower. Capaldi put his nighty on. <clears throat> Didn't he? In deep breath. Oh, look at that was... side of salmon, Fraser. <gasps> it's a good oh, spread. I know. And they... I... This cuts between the very windy day and the very sunny day that they had. Or oh, I think it was the morning and the afternoon. Oh, I the mean, weather's atrocious, isn't it? It does look cold. <laughs> look, even Adric's managed to get out of his jammies. Oh, but he's still got his badge pinned to his new tunic. <laughs> I think Sarah Sutton looks beautiful in that butterfly costume. Yeah, yeah both of her. It actually it irritates me a little bit because I know from the Big Finish audios that Sarah Sutton had a huge amount to offer as an actress. Yeah. And I think they tapped into it uh, maybe 15% of what she had to offer. Well, this is this is the problem. You know, she's, she's coming in, you know, as a last minute addition. Obviously, she's, she's written out of kinder because they couldn't figure out a way of writing her in in time. So she's literally, you know, put to sleep. Not like a pet, but put to sleep in in kinder. So she's missing from there. She just there's not enough room for for her. Earth shock. She gets bunged in the TARDIS, doesn't she? With lines like, "I want things to settle down before we go out." Yeah, that's taking care of her for another ten minutes. You know, she and it's only a couple of couple of stories into season um, twenty before um, she's off off on our jollies in, in Terminus. But, you know, I'm going to say something crazy because Anne is such a fun character because she's yeah. so hysterical. She's the opposite of Nissa. Nissa's so sort of unemotional and and sort of subtle, and Anne yeah. is melodramatic. And <laughs> I don't know if I wouldn't have minded, you know, if it had been Anne instead of Nissa. So Sarah Sutton could have just gone to town with, oh, a ghastly frog in, you know, in Fourth of Doomsday <laughs> and stuff like this. She'd but be she... the, Vic- the Victoria of the Davison era, wouldn't she? Have you ever heard the Peterloo Massacre, the big finish yep. story? So that's, it's a bit like the mass, the massacre. There's mm-hmm. a huge massacre. She's got very close to um, a woman who is pregnant and that woman dies in the massacre. And the, one of the cliffhangers is Sarah Sutton expressing to the person who started the massacre mm-hmm. that that woman has died and she's lost her baby. 
it's so powerful and i'm like yeah. we could have been utilizing have done, yeah. this you know yeah but you you again we're kind of playing you know talk to who what if you'd, you'd have to realistically get rid of someone and fair enough it probably would be adric because let's be honest what does adric bring into the story Oh, nothing at all. I mean, it was cute as a button in his sort of pirate costume, but nothing at all. Now, he only has about 10 lines in the whole thing. Yeah, half of them are about the buffet. Well, I mean, I get it. I do get it. I love a buffet. I, I, I do love a good buffet, and that is a good buffet. Yeah. Now, me. can you tell me what those lips are all about? You know that thing in the fella's mouth? It's it's something to do with... It's tribal, isn't it? Yeah, South American tribal... I'd love to learn. Can someone at us, please, and tell us? Educate us, please. I shall Google in the break and see if we can find that out. And the trouble is, poor Peter Davidson's now just running around the corridors going, oh, why do I let my curiosity get the better of me? But we kind of need all this to show how the fella is going from place to place. Yep. Murdering people, nicking the costumes. Yep. I actually think it's quite a neat bit of writing, this. It's, I mean, it's 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 the perfect length. You know, couldn't be any longer than two. No, two I mean, there's a few moments in two where I, I think logic goes out the window, and we'll get there. But I mean, I don't think logic's ever been in the window in this story, to be honest. But that's the upper classes for you, <laughs> or in this series. <laughs> I don't mean this season. I mean the series. <laughs> oh, I do love a country house. So you know, this is a Doctor Who staple, isn't it? Like Star Groves in Image of the Fendal and. Uh, yep. Pyramids of Mars. Yeah, we love a country manor. Oh, HQ. Here she goes. She's not bad, is she? No, she's quite light on her feet. It's oh, too... it's so nice to see Janet Fielding having fun, isn't it? Though. Yeah, I watched King's Demons the other day as I'm working my way through the Blu-ray set. Chameleon comes in the TARDIS, this fabulous robot, and she just goes, oh, you can have my room for all I care. I'm like, why aren't you having fun? He's a big robot who walks. He doesn't need a room either. Just put him in the cupboard. Well, he just sort of plugs himself in the wall, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) There's a cupboard with a hoover. Nine and board, he can go in there. But again, in What If Territory, they riot Tegan with so much humour in the big finish stories and yeah. i'll tell you what fraser she's the best of the bunch she's so fun i mean she's the best of the bunch on the telly as well you know in my opinion and we, we kind of talked about this when we, we covered modern undead um you know tegan brings something to the dynamic of the team that um adricness and turtle don't because you know if you take nissa out uh, tegan out or you're left with nissa and adric you know space kids you know, geniuses know what they're doing. You know, bringing Turlo as well, another space kid, another you know knows how to fly the TARDIS, all this sort of jazz. You know, where there's there's no one to kind of, you know, um, for us to relate to from that to vent you know, their frustration. So I do think they they take us too far a lot of the time. But again, you you kind of need that because otherwise it is it is it goes very Star Trekky of you know. But when she's really hysterical, I just go, I just shout at the scream, oh, shut up, you know? If you don't enjoy it, go home. Oh, that's what she well, she's trying to. You know, yeah, that's just, true. Yeah. Bloody trying. No when she eventually like, does go home, she yeah. goes, oh, I'm not having fun anymore, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I think, I think you, I you need that dynamic. You need someone to kind of, you know, have the opposing view of actually this, 
this isn't, you know, this isn't normal. This isn't right. This isn't good. And kind of push back it. But you know, when Tegan goes and it's Nissa in Ark of Infinity, she is pushing back. She goes, no, Doctor, you're going to do all these repairs to the TARDIS. You've been putting this off long enough. And then she has some great moments in Snake Dance. You know, when they're yeah. trying to help her down from the rocks and she's like, thank you, that wasn't necessary. And all that. So I think they could have done it with Nissa. They just yeah. chose not to. I do think Sarah Sutton's the better actress, though. I think she's more accomplished. Eh. I don't think I can argue too badly with that, but like I said, I, I said, I was just, you know, dynamically wise, I would, if you said you've got to lose one of these three, um, it wouldn't be Tegan. Tegan would be the one. Well, they did talk about this, didn't they? They chose Adri, but it was going to be one of those two. So they're in charge with you, the production team at the time. I think Adric's a... the obvious choice because, you know, there's, there's very few, if any, stories where Adric actually gets used properly. Look how big that set looks. I'll not keep going yeah. on about it. It feels like they're in a house. They're in Studio One of BBC Television Centre. Yeah. It feels like they're in a house. Oh, do you know what? There's something about that mask, that twisted parody of the human face that really scares me. Yeah. It's, uh, mask, masks are spooky to start with, and that's... Oh. Razor, let me go, whoever you are! <laughs> help! Help! Oh, this poor fellow who comes in, watch. <laughs> he gets strangled. Oh, Vic, I've fallen. It's not supposed to be funny. It's very funny when she... Oh, yeah, look. <laughs> oh, flashing a bit of chest there. I think this is a great cliffhanger, though. The, the hands yep. going for her throat. Yep. What we don't okay. realise is, is this is her ex-fiancé, and he doesn't yes. want to kill her. He just wants to pick her up. Well. It's not really a cheat, then, is it? Well, it is, because, you know, at this point, we don't know that. You know, we don't we don't know who who the man in the mask is. You know, we know it's not the doctor because we've seen the doctor in his in his jammies walking around the house. So we know it's not him, even though everyone else thinks it is. So but we don't know who it is at this point. We don't you know, it's just some some man with heavy breathing that's been tied up in a bedroom by well, an Amazon. Importantly is we don't know if that's Anne or Nissa. Yes. Well, I mean, we assume, yeah, no, no, yeah. Nissa wouldn't be fainting all over the place like that, would exactly. she? Exactly. You've got to kind of think that's that's going to be Anne because Nissa wouldn't. Nissa's a space bitch, according to Josh Schneers, going around with a gun, you know, so much <laughs> for your justice and all of this. She certainly wouldn't be a, a wilting flower in this in this no. sort of position. Oh, no. Fraser, that was delightful. It was good fun, wasn't it? It was, yeah. it was just, like you say, just hang time, just chilling with the crew. It's like a small, what is it you have before you start a meal? What's that little that appetizer? Moose bouche. Isn't it? And, oh, you could have moose my bouche any day. Oh, you say um, that all the time. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's because you haven't done it yet. Oh. Um, sorry. Sorry. Um, but no, as like a, as a starter before yeah. the main course, the Azo Shock, unfortunately, the dessert is time flight. <laughs> and it's not very sweet. Should we skip dessert? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go straight to the coffee. 